Welcome to the Writer Tribe Talk Show with your host, Elsa Kurtz. Here's the place we talk about all things writing, publishing, and promoting your book. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the reader in your life, why not check out one of my books? They're all available on Amazon and most major online book retailers, as well as ElsaKurt.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Writer's Tribe Talk Show. I'm your host, Elsa Kurt, and today I have with me author Deb Jarvis. Do you like Deborah or Deb? I like Deb. Okay. I just, I, as I was saying, I kind of like, I stuttered in my head. I was like, wait, (laughs) okay, we got it. Deb Jarvis. Thank you. So welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So um, I have open here because, you know, I have like everything going at once. I've got all kinds of computers and phones and the whole works gone. And I wanted to make sure I could see your, uh, your books up. I have your website up and um, uh, I I love your website, by the way, it looks gorgeous. So, and it is. I had someone design it. I'm not a website person. Yeah. So I actually found somebody who knew a lot more than I did. Nice. Yes. I, I know you didn't struggle through it and just said like I did and did everything the hard way. You mean you were, you're one of the smart people. <laughs> it's more than I just don't have time to spend the time trying to figure it out. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those fools that likes to do everything. And I mean, everything the hard way, you know, nothing simple. So yes, but they did a beautiful job on it. And uh, I'm so excited to talk to you about your books and, and learn all about them. So um, before we do that, tell me a little bit about you. Um, okay. So I was raised in Andover, Massachusetts. My mom was an English teacher. My dad was a mechanic, um, you know, and I've just always loved books, especially fantasy novels. Um, that was kind of my childhood. I wasn't really an athletic kid. Um, I have asthma, so it wasn't something that, you know, was great for me to go out and, and run and do sports. So I spent a lot of time reading. Um, start off pretty early with like the Chronicles of Narnia and then got into Peter S. Beagle. I know. Yeah, right. Um, read The Hobbit when I was about 11. So, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time reading um, and just it, obviously, I'm a, you know, a copious reader. Um, now I'm an English teacher in high school and college. Uh, I get to share my love of books with other people and, you know, finally uh, got my first book out. So we're, we're happy about the way that's gone. That's so exciting. So did you know from a, a young age, of course, an avid reader, did you know from a young age that you wanted to be a writer? I think at about the age 14, I started really playing around with it. And uh, mm-hmm. the the roots of Kirillismus come from around that time period, because I just started creating stories um, and really just playing around with different characters, started writing what I loved. Um, and so over time, it's just kind of adapted into it. So yeah, I definitely say from the time I was a, a young a young uh, teenager got into the idea of writing and just like, I love this stuff. I love reading. Absolutely love The Last Unicorn. It's my favorite book, you know, and I've, I've talked about that a lot in my classes and they're like, oh, it's unicorns. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not cute. <laughs> it's not a cute right. book. Uh, it's a pretty serious book. And, um, you know, just kind of kind of going from there and saying, okay, well, this is the sort of thing I love to read. So this is what I would want to write. That's great. What age, what age group do you, do you teach? Uh, I teach high school and college. Oh, so, nice. Okay. Yeah, so right now I've got 10th graders and a mix of 11th and 12th in college comp. And I've got um, a college class that'll be starting up in a couple of weeks. 
That's really exciting. Do you have like standout students who are really, I'm sure college, you probably definitely do, but high school is a little different. There's hopefully always that one kid. Like I was always that one kid. I, I was, I was a very confusing kid. I was a derelict. I was a troublemaker. I was a terrible student except for in English. And that was where the only, the only subject where I ever excelled. And I, I frustrated the daylights out of all of my other teachers. Um, yeah, there, there's some wonderful kids that I work with. And I, you know, I absolutely have, I think, one of the best English departments ever to work with. Um, everybody in our department, there's seven of us, we're all really dedicated. Um, everybody loves reading. We all love the kids. And we all kind of rally around the ones that need the extra love, you know. But there are some standout students who just are, are phenomenal writers. And, uh, you know, you, you can see that they're really going to, they're really blossoming and really doing well. That's so exciting. I love that. I would love that. Actually, I would love to see that the the start of that and be a part of it. That's really, really cool. Um, so you've been writing your series. This is a series that you have. Yeah. How many books are in the series published right now? Just one. Um, we're working oh, okay. on the second one. So hopefully that'll be out late February, early March. That's our that's our goal. Um, it's all going to depend on is the artist for the cover going to have it done in time? Are we going to get all the edits done in time? Um, you know, and you spoke with Sophia the last night, I think it was. And, you know, the two of us are like, OK, and we've been kicking and screaming our way through this book. And and our uh, our editing process is I'm, I'm sure she told you it's a kind of a unique way of of going through. And we kind of joke our way through it. And, you know, she yells at me about dangling modifiers and misplaced things and it's like okay we'll we'll get this we'll get there that's funny yeah she did tell me it was a it was a really fun interview and you know listening to her talk about your working relationship and your friendship we we've already decided i don't know if she she uh told you yet but we already decided that we need both of you on together because i yep. i feel like yeah i feel like i'm just gonna sit back and and just watch a show uh, I'm, I'll watch a show on my show because you guys sound like you're a blast. Yeah, and we, we really have a lot of fun with it. And I mean, she's very serious about the edits and we'll sometimes argue over, uh, you know, OK, is this comma supposed to be here? Well, yeah, technically. And, you know, we go back and forth. Uh, we got kind of hung up on a New Englandism earlier because the way it was phrased is very much the way it would be in, you know, Massachusetts, New Hampshire. But it's not something she's in Pennsylvania it isn't the way you know they might say it there. So occasionally we we butt heads on some of the some of the colloquial uh, phrases like down cellar, things like that that are not in one part of the country but are in other parts. Funny. Yeah. You know, you don't, sometimes you don't think about those things unless you have somebody to bounce it off of that mm -hmm. is from a different area. So it was actually, I don't know if it was, you know, planned to work like that, but it's actually brilliant to get that, that different perspective. Um, so the first book that's out uh, is The Crystal Pawn. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that the one that's out right now? Okay. Yeah, Tell me a little bit about that. Cause it looks amazing. Like I could be really boring and, and, you know, be that creep that reads it right off the screen, but I rather, it's more exciting to hear it from the author. So tell us a little bit about the crystal pond. Um, so just as a first thought, the crystal pond was originally uh, a combination of the crystal pond and the upcoming Ivory Queen. And we started looking into years and years ago, we started looking into, um, you know, how long fantasy novels generally are, and realized that really, this is two novels. So it got hacked in half. So it really is the first part of, um, you know, the, the storyline and the third book will continue on from there. But uh, the Crystal Pawn is looking at a, a, a character who, 
fairly average, normal, normal person living in New Hampshire. Um, you know, very much not me. And Sophia and I have had these long discussions. She's like, she's not you. I'm like, I know she's not me. Um, you know, we've, we've definitely gone our own separate ways. You know, if there ever was a relationship, there isn't anymore. Um, but she's living in New Hampshire with her grandfather. Um, she never knew who her father was. And then all of a sudden, one day he shows up in her life and is like, um, yeah, so we kind of need your help. And it evolves into the fact that she is the last one in his line or in his lineage who is able to uh, potentially get the dragons to come and help. And there's an upcoming war and she's not going to be able to stop the war, but she might be able to influence things um, through the fact that she has these gifts enough to get the dragons to come back. But nobody knows where the dragons are. Um, they've been gone for over 300 years. The, you know, everything's been very chaotic. And, you know, the, the plot slowly winds through her learning more about the country, learning more about herself, and then uh, discovering that there's been a subtle, subtle undercurrent of um, almost kind of espionage going on where groups who have been sent to see if they can find the dragons have disappeared mysteriously and haven't actually returned. Uh, so there's a plot that's hatched that as she's going off to go to a ball at another castle, they're going to make a break for it and try and go and find somebody to help them get down to find the dragons on their own because they believe that there's a possibility that they'll never get called. Um, and it just kind of goes sideways from there. Uh, and they end up meeting uh, some very influential characters on the way down. So exciting. It sounds like epic. It just sounds like a epic story and you had me at dragons by the way i love okay. anything with dragons yeah yeah the second you said dragons i'm like yep reading this <laughs> in right away and so i'm already excited for book two and i haven't even started book one yet do you know how many books are going to be in the series or will the series tell you well right now we know there's three Um, But there is some debate as to where it's going to go after that, because there's a lot of story plot for book three, and we are not sure if it's going to be too much for book three. Um, You know, there certainly is, there's kind of layers upon layers of espionage going on and where they think it's, oh, it's this thing. It turns out that it's not only the other thing, but there's a third thing that nobody actually recognized was going on underneath. So it's very much one of those, how many people are going to be backstabbing each other in the process of the series. Um, So we do have the the titles planned out um, fairly well through. And I know on the website, it has up through the Ebon king but if we do go to book four it'll be the checkered land um so we do have this kind of odd chess theme that goes through it but again this is very much a a, you know everybody has to make certain moves during the process of the story or else it doesn't get done wow that sounds it's just brilliant it sounds brilliant um tell me what was what would you say i'm going to ask you it's a two-part question what would you say has been the most challenging or difficult thing about writing this series um i think the most difficult thing other than getting myself to publish it because Mm -hmm. i for a long time wasn't sure what i was going to do with it was being able to say okay so A lot of things have happened in my life. The original storyline that we're working with was written in my late 20s. Um, In my 30s, I went through a divorce, had to figure out what I was going to do, ended up going into teaching. So it kind of got typed, but sat for a while. So it took it a little bit of a while. Um, And then just finally pulling myself up and saying, okay, I need to deal with this. And, uh, you know, fortunately, 
or unfortunately, I guess the um, the whole shutdown and lockdown of everything kind of gave me more time than I normally would have in a teaching year. And that's when this was our escape. You know, both myself and Sophia kind of looked at the lockdown and said, we need to do something creative when we tackled the book. You know, and she has her own project and I'm sure she talked about the uh, the uh, um, oh goodness, the archive. Yes. Archive yes. horror. Yeah, the archive horror. <laughs> and I've heard I've heard chunks of that story, which is amazing. Um, and I can't wait to get my fingers on it to be editing her book as well. I was um, just gonna ask you if that's a reciprocal <gasps> thing that you two are editing be. for each other. Oh, that's yeah, so cool. It will be. We'll be re- we'll be editing for each other. Um, and you know, she and I talked about it this afternoon and she's like, you and I uh, have very different writing styles. We do. We have very different writing styles. Um, she goes at it from a, from a much more fluid, I think, and I'm more structural just the way I write. Um, but that comes from reading a lot of, you know, classical novels, like, you know, the last unicorn and being an English teacher, I think I can't quite escape some of the structure. Um, that doesn't mean that that's bad. But it's just the way I write. So the two of us right. have very different, they're very different styles of writing. Yeah, um, that can that be really exciting. fun too. I'm, I'm sure it's challenging, but I bet it's really fun too. Because uh, do you ever feel like uh, your your or her style kind of ekes into yours or vice versa? I think they are. I, yeah, I think she's told me, and we talked about this, I think yesterday. She's told me that she notices that some of the things we've talked about have started slipping into her writing. And I know that some of the things that we've talked about from my writing have started sneaking into mine, which is good because it gives it a little bit of a broader perspective. And I notice things about her writing that I'm like, hey, you know, you might want to fix that, you know, grammatically, there's an issue. Nothing ever bad, nothing ever mm-hmm. bad, but just, you know, the phrasing. Um, and she's like, hey, you've got way, way too many adverbs ending in L-Y, let's kill them. And I'm like, sure, I'm absolutely fine with that. So, you know, I'm starting to watch for those things. She's starting to watch for other things. And, you know, we, we find that it's a very good reciprocal re- uh, relationship. Are you able to like read other books while you're writing? I mean, yours are very long projects, so it's almost like, how can you not read, right? Right. I mean, right now I'm reading um, Go Tell the Bees That I'm Gone. Okay. So, and which the entire, uh, well, not the entire English department, but a large chunk of the English department and our librarian are currently, you know, reading because we all love the series. Um, So Diana Gebel done uh, with her Outlander series. So we're really enjoying that. Um, but you know, it doesn't tend to creep too much seems to be okay. Um, but you know, I just have to be kind of cautious and I am aware when that sort of thing happens. Sure. Absolutely. Um, now, all right. So I asked you what the hardest thing about writing this series is what's the easiest, what's come the easiest. (laughs) 